que je prends les mains dans leur chambre, le And I was waiting for him to um to put an axe through his foot. Oh yeah. This is what happens when you're over on those boys' trips and that, you know, everyone's trying to show off and, and mm. chop wood. Drunk. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the Ted Shed. Jason here. Joined with me as always is Glenn. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. How are you, mate? Good, good. This That's is the right. show where we come to you from the Ted Shed in Springfield. We talk about all things Springfield and beyond. And yeah, nothing, no topic is um, off limits. No. Uh, mate, where has, the first question of the night, mm. where has 2023 gone? What do you mean? We're right in here right now, 2023. January. Like, whoosh. Oh, yeah, it has gone pretty fast. 29th of January already. The, yeah, the older you get, the faster it goes. I think that's truth. You reckon? Yeah. Well, yeah. Remember when you were a kid? Your birthday felt like it was like 20 years away. And then it would like take so long to get around or you'd wait for Christmas. Or I think just because life becomes so busy and the busier we become, the faster things go. And just even this weekend, I mean, we obviously just had the... Um, Australia Day public holiday on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, back to work for one day. And then you sort of just get up and go, oh, my God, we're into a weekend. How good's this? And here we are on Sunday night just going, like, even the last two days, where did they go? January slipping away. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. I just, just, you know, I love this time of year. I love the longer days and getting out. And maybe that's just what it is. I'm out. Doing yeah, a doing lot more, things. yeah. Um, and then you just sort of just sit there and just go, "Wow, that the weekend's gone and, and back into it tomorrow." Well, fun always goes fast, and work always goes slow. I think people clock watch when they're bored or they don't want to be somewhere. Yeah. When when you're doing something you want to do, it goes really fast because you're like, oh, "I got to get that done. I got to get that done. I'm over there doing that." You know, then I'm over here and then there, and it's like, "Oh shit, the sun's gone down." Yeah. So I, th- I don't know. I guess that's so maybe if you're bored, you're just sitting around, just going, "I've got." Well, nothing you're watching to do. the clock. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. 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 You're not watching the tennis. Well, that's pretty boring. Speaking of tennis. Well, that, that's one of the things that I actually was going to talk about tonight. Oh, yeah. hmm. I don't mind watching the tennis. I'm not not a huge tennis fan. I, I play occasionally when we go away for Christmas. There's a few tennis courts there and have a bit of hit with the fam. Um, but I just don't get this. One of the things that I want to talk about is the Australian Open, right? This year has been a bit like us trying to watch Formula One throughout the year. Oh, you're talking about the hours of games. The time right? zone. Mm, this yeah. is this is a major international tennis tournament in Australia. Yeah, and you got your top team or top players. Sorry, um, playing games at two a.m., four a.m. I think they had a bit of an issue at the start of the tournament with rain and heat, and a couple of the games couldn't go ahead. So then the whole schedule got put back. Yeah, but so, those, those those days though, the, those ones were scheduled more at night, right? So because there's three, and this is this is another point. There's actually three undercover ground. Um, there, there's Rod Laver, um, there's Margaret Court, um, and there's another one just off the side. I've been there to watch the netball, and that so one's got the velodrome in there. Um, but there's three courts that they can close the roof on. Mm. Are they um, air conditioned, but? Because yeah, I think heat yeah. was a thing as well, right? Yeah, they are. And, and this is like another thing. So this is the, the whole thing of the Australian Open. So the first is time zones, right? we got this thing, and it's not only just from a spectator at home, right? People going to the game and, you know, obviously some of the, the, the top seeds have come out and said, look at the ball boys and, and that. This, these oh, guys are here until 4 a.m., yeah. right? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but, yeah, you're talking about the prime matches of the Australian Open being played at a time when Australia's not awake. Do you think maybe that is commercial, like commercialising the game and, and maybe going back to their bigger audience in the U.S.? 
I did think that originally, but you know, because there's been a bit of criticism of it, some of the media have come out and, and that question's been asked. And what I'm hearing is the response is, oh, look, no, no, we schedule like two top seed games a night in, in Rod Laver, for example, in the night program. Um, but if the first game goes for five sets yeah, that's- and, right, and is a five-hour game, mm-hmm. right, versus something that's wrapped up in two hours, well, that's pushed the next game back three hours. And well, when that's that how game the game starts, I, I get that, but I've not, you know, I just... To your point, if there's a there's a roof, mm. right, and spectators who pay and want to go to these games, um, you know, I, I couldn't see like why can't you have that first game at you know like three o'clock in the afternoon? So go flip side then that first game. Oh, you're saying then put the one on later? No, yeah. or, or three yeah. three o'clock and then you go okay, look that game finished at two, so it's now five, yeah. right? We can now have a you know, like an intermission. People can you know whatever, and then we're not going to bring the next game on straight away. But if that first game goes for five hours, yeah, you got to do a at three, right? It's not ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night and when the starting. main game mm. is playing, right? Mm. And I just I don't get that. Um, the other thing that I find frustrating is we, we talked about the roofs. There's three um, stadiums there with a roof. And I get that, you know, like it's it's nice in Melbourne when the when the weather's nice and have the roof open. Um, but we've just seen recently, there was one of the games I watched last week, where there's a storm coming. Every commentator could see it, all the cameras around the ground going, there's a storm coming, we cannot see the CBD high-rises, right? Mm, this mm. thing's moving in. And they just play it on. Yeah, play it on. And guess the what? Open. Then the storm hits and then they go, oh, we've got to suspend the play now because it's it's now raining. Like, I wonder if the roof. But maybe in their rules, Jason, are allowed to. Do you know what I mean? If the if the game starts under certain conditions, so open air, maybe it needs to finish in open air. But they close it when it rains. Do they, they stop, in the middle yeah, of the yeah, game? They stop the game. They go the game stand aside because as soon as the court becomes wet, they can't play. Right? Yeah, I understand. So what's that. happening in this scenario? We're halfway through a set. Stop. Everyone goes off. It buckets down. They close the roof, which I don't know takes oh, fifteen okay, minutes did. or whatever. Yeah. They close the roof, but then the court's wet. Yeah. Right, and then they got all the all the boy boys and everything out there with their towels and everything, mm. trying to to get the game on. And the other thing, as you said, like there's been some days down there where the the temperature is horrendously hot. Yeah, that's it, right. The air condition closed the bloody roof mm. and just. But then we're only you, getting three you, games going, not thirty, which probably would have been happening well, at that, that time. That's, that's three concurrently. But as the weeks go mm. on, right, those those outer courts. I think there's only like another two outdoor courts. Oh, is there? I yeah, thought there was heaps th- of courts outside. No, there, there are some smaller ones where I think some other like the doubles and the because um, I think they play. Um, like Australian, you know, not not seniors, but eighteen year olds, like mm-hmm. not Grand Slam, but open players or something. So there's a lot of those courts around there. But when you actually go into the main precinct, there's um, there's one little outdoor court with a sort of a semi stadium. You go a bit further over, um, and then there's, a, there's another bigger outdoor one. But then there's the three indoors, right? So mm. you've really got five main stadiums going. Um, but yeah, as the week goes on, like as we're seeing this week, right? You know, as soon as the finals are playing, or you know, you're getting through your qualifiers, the games diminish as well. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, people get knocked out every day. But I day. just, I just thought, look, it's, it's like the big bash is on tonight. So Brisbane Heat's playing down there in a, in a knockout game, um, but they're playing at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Roofs closed. Perfect. Yeah, you can if, if you're in an environment like Melbourne, whether it's either going to be too hot or raining. Right, and you can control. It's a very unique situation. Like, I mean, here in Queensland, we don't have any football grounds, etc., with a roof. Yeah, it makes sense to um, just close the roof, and you can control the environment. Then, right? Yeah. So you yeah. can mitigate the heat. You can do that. But anyway, rant over. Mm. Uh, I just don't get why such an international event like that seems to be making so many mistakes. 
in you know running their tournament the organization. time. Yeah, and it's not their first rodeo. Like it's been going a long time. <laughs> no, no. Do you know what I mean? You, you expect that sort of stuff, you know, sometimes with it's, you know, like school sports or club sports when there's all of this stuff. But we're talking about, you know, grand slams with million-dollar prize money, well-oiled machine, hmm. you know, and like you said, there's a big history there. That's right. And they just, like this year, just seem to be like they're running it like clowns. Do you know the other the other sport in Australia that's run by clowns and it's probably could potentially be the biggest sport in Australia? What's that one? Soccer. Why is not why is the A League not getting forty thousand to every game if their junior stuff is so popular? Well, and on a world stage too, when you look, I guess World it's Cup, a world game, all, all these European cups and that. Or, mm. Yeah, what's what's going on with the A League? <clears throat> are they know. retarded? Are you talking about Brisbane? No, or, no, or like just games the, down just, south. I, I don't, well, I don't down follow south, the sport. They get, so. Down south, they get a lot more to the grounds, but yep. they have a lot of ethnic down there. But yeah, at Suncorp Stadium, they're lucky to get five thousand people to a game. Yeah, but then. The Springfield um, Soccer Club has like fifty teams. Yeah. So if you got fifty teams with ten players in each team, that's five hundred players. Yep. Out of a population of fifty thousand. Yeah. That's a lot of kids, and that's just one suburb. And then there's family, and yeah, go of course. on. Yeah. And that's one one club. Like, there's heaps of clubs around Ipswich which do soccer. There's heaps of clubs in Brisbane that have soccer. Why are they not going along to the games, the A League games? It's like us going to, you know, play our junior footy with our kids and then go. Oh, when I can't the lines. Yeah. You well, know? But the Big Bash, like I said, the game's on tonight. I'm just watching it at Marvel. No one's in the top on the top stands, right? It's all around the boundary. Um, mm. Bris- Brisbane Heat games have been the same. You watch them on- Oh, they've been going pretty ordinary. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But you still, like, do you just, so was it everyone's just bandwagons? Like, you've talked about yeah. this in the AFL, Welcome right? Welcome to so, Queensland, But mate. you say that the Heat haven't been doing great that, that well, right? They're, They're actually the playing in the second final tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that was another another thing. Did you see the game in Sydney? I think no. it was Friday night. No, I didn't. It, it rained. Oh, okay. Right, so Brisbane scored, I think, 203 runs. That's pretty good. Right, they did. They, they, they smashed. And then, um, and then yeah, when the um, – I can't remember who they were playing. Is it the Sixers or someone? They, Sydney they, Sixers. They came yeah. out, um, started the run chase, but then it started raining, right? And I don't know. I think they got six overs in or something, and then it got too heavy. Off they went. Um, the, the strange thing with that was – when when it started raining, it, obviously on the television cameras it doesn't look like it's raining, right? But the guys are mic'd up out there and they're going, yeah, it's starting to come down now. Occasionally you get the camera that beams up at the, the light at the tower light. Yeah. and you can see it. Um, so what I was surprised with is they were out there um, batting for a couple of overs with this rain quite heavy, right? And the commentators even made reference. They say, look, Big Bash, um, you know, they seem to be a bit more tolerant because if this was in Sydney at the test – Oh, be done. You get a cloud come over and everybody runs into the sheds and brings mm. out the covers, right? So here it had been raining for a couple of overs and then it just got too, like, got heavier, like a big downpour came. The thing was, is after that big downpour, they had the covers on there, it went on for, oh, I don't know, probably half an hour, 40 minutes. They were all sitting off, right? Um, and it looked like the rain had stopped. They're looking up at the towers and it wasn't there, but they still weren't going back out. Mm. We're sitting there going, come on, you can play two overs in, in pretty heavy rain. This rain stopped, let's get on with it. So anyway, it seemed like forever. And then they came back out and announced that there's two overs left of the game because of the you know the Duckworth-Lewis system. Mm. Mm. They've now said to the opposition, you've got um, two overs and you're chasing like 48 runs or something. <laughs> Bad luck, Sydney. Right, yeah. And by the time they went to go back out, yeah. right, it, it actually started raining and then they just went, oh, we don't have the time, we're calling it, right? Then that's how Brisbane won? 
correct. Yeah, yeah Brisbane, wow. Brisbane. Because they got off to a good start in the first six overs. Yeah, but at the same point, I mean, I don't understand the Duckworth-Lewis system. No, Apparently you either. need to be a, a mathematical genius. But Brisbane were, if you looked at that point in the game where it was, let's say it was the end of the six over, um, it was like Brisbane might have been like two for 48, mm-hmm. but the sixes were two for, you know, 59 or something. So they're actually in front. Oh. But, but under the Duckworth-Lewis system, what the right. hell? Because the Heat put on a lot of their runs towards the end of their innings, right, oh when they God. played the power play and, and, and whatnot. But I don't know how they calculate it. So real disadvantage to the other team. But the thing that I don't get is, like, if, this is a final. It's elimination, mm. right? You're playing for sheep stations. And it's it's like, well, we're still playing on this, this time schedule. We're under lights, right? Yeah. But we're just sitting there and going, it's well, no the 40 minutes we've been off, we've just lost, you know, 14, 15 oh, or whatever it is. So, therefore, at this time of the game, we now come back, we've got two left. That's crazy, isn't it? All the spectators and everyone watching there, and it is a final. You'd think that they just sit there and say, "Look, we, we just lost half an hour, but we're yeah. going to come back out and start bowling at the seventh over." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The crowd, the crowd's not going to go anywhere, are they? Exactly. If you go to a, if you go to a game that's there for a couple of hours, and then they turn around and say, "Look, we, you know, we've got to play on for an extra half hour, or we're going to wait half an hour, let the rain go, and then continue out the rest of the innings." Um, but they didn't do that. They've just gone, and I think uh, I don't know if that's television rights or all mm. these other things. Well, that might be a massive thing too because they could have programs on after. Yeah. So that's but, that's something. But still play the game and just let the public know the result later. Well, and then what happened is it started bucketing again. Mm. The, the players, the umpires had gone out. They're just about to go out. Another storm came through and they've just called it and mm. Brisbane won by eight runs. <laughs> Based <laughs> on crazy, that. isn't it? <laughs> but I just think, well, what a disappointing way for, for Sydney. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, know, so they're out. It was elimination. They were gone. Yeah. Oh wow. And and yeah. didn't re- and the thing is they they got to field, right first, and then um, yeah Brisbane put on the the runs, but they didn't really get to chase. Yeah. They went out pretty hard at the start, but then as soon as it rained, it just seemed to be in Brisbane's favour, and that team was knocked out of the competition. It's crazy. Why don't they play cricket in the rain? Like we play footy in the rain. Um, I think there's probably a couple of things: the ball getting wet, slipping off the pitch, like that is a, is a bit of a different thing, right? When you okay. someone's bowling at a hundred and Whatever, what are they bowling? 140 is about 120, the 130, 40, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so someone's sitting there doing that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, maybe just mm. the projectile at speed. It's not just a pussy thing? Um, well, I was in Coffs Harbour, or was it last year? Or for Christmas last year or the year before? No, it was the year before. Um, and my son and I went to a Big Bash game in Coffs, right? Mm. And... We were sitting there on the hill and the game just never even got underway. It was yeah. raining. It had been raining most of the time. The ground was heavy. They had the covers out. Um, but the outfield, like you see, when they were pushing a roller, and it wasn't a heavy roller, like just trying to almost push the surface water off, it yeah. had a bow wave. Oh, okay. Right, all the way out. And so it maybe just that's kept a raining. disadvantage to the and batting team because it's slow outfield. Yeah, well, nobody had started, so both were potentially under the same yeah. condition. But, yeah, you look, like if you look at that. Yeah, one's got a good outfield, one doesn't. Or if you just try to hit a drive, the ball's just going to go bleh. Yeah. It's not going to, you know, and maybe player safety, like trying to run. Like you imagine a bowler, I guess, Mm. trying to steam in through ankle deep water, hit to the crease and then, you know, put that front foot down. No different to a footy player. Uh, You think but a footy player's really run and stop to that degree every delivery? Like maybe that's what it is, right? Yeah, but I know what you mean, right? It's playing conditions and they've Mm. called it as as too dangerous, you know, player safety. Well, if anyone's got any input on that, let us know. Yeah. Because anyone, we're not cricket experts by Mate, any well, means. 
Well, when I grew up, every you know, ground that we played on as kids was the concrete with the AstroTurf on top of it. Yeah. Right? We played on <laughs> footy grounds like that, and then they'd cover it over with sand when we'd play AFL on the ground. Oh, a bit mm. hard Yeah, sand. roll ankles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty ordinary. Yeah. And anyway. the concrete, for some reason, is always like an inch higher than the playing surface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're not going to dig it in and try and get it level. You yeah, know, no, we, we're it's too gonna, hard. We're going to have it sit there. It's so too hard. You come in as a bowler, and sometimes that front lip of the concrete, you've got to step you got to step up onto it as you come into the <laughs> Into bowl, um, but mate, look, yeah, back to the back to the soccer question. Um, mm. No idea. It's, it, I think it's the same. Like, look at rugby union. Um, look, we've got the Reds here in Queensland. Yeah. Um, I went to a game probably a few years ago, and I don't know why, but the Reds were just on that roll. There was a lot of media hype, a lot of people there. Um, my kids went there as a part of a, a school year twelve thing, and the stadium's empty. Mm. You just go mm. like one year to the next. And I don't know if it's, you know, if the team's in the final um, versus when the team's not in the final. Queensland you know, supporters are bandwagons, mate. They want to be the winning team. No, that's it. They just want, if they're, if they're yeah, winning, the lines. they're there. Yeah. 21, uh, 2001, 2002, 2003. Yeah. Mate, you couldn't get a seat at the Gabba. No. Then when they went through their lulls through 8, 9, 10, <laughs> mate, they were giving tickets away. Yeah. You know, and I think Queenslanders are, I very much like that, where if you go to Victoria or South Australia or Western Australia, mm. man, they're there watching their team, whether it's win, lose or draw. They don't care. If it's pissing down rain, they're still there. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously. And numbers- do you think that like, distance? Like Perth, Scorch has played last night, right? Mm. Um, it's a very sports theme show tonight. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's, um, <laughs> better than politics. Yeah, I was going to say, better than politics and, and day-to-day living, right? Um, yeah, Perth, Scorch has played last night. And the thing that I notice whenever I see a game of whatever it is over there, Maybe it's just because Perth. I think there's only one cricket team, right? Mm. I think there's two AFL teams, but yeah, there's Fremantle and West and West and Coast. West Coast, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in the cricket, there's the Scorchers, right? And mate, there was not an empty seat last yeah. night, and that's a massive stadium. That's right. right. But as I said, then you go and look at Marvel tonight, which has got a Melbourne team, and like there's nobody in the top tiers. They're all just yeah on that bottom tier around the ground. I think cricket's a dying sport. Yeah, yeah, I really do. You look at like Sheffield Shield. You know, yeah. the the Queensland cricket side don't even play at the Gabba anymore. Oh, the Bulls and stuff. yeah, the Bulls they play out at Allen Border Oval. Did you ever go to any of those games? Though? No, I didn't. They I, won in '96, I think. Yeah. They won the Sheffield Shield, and again, everyone got around it, and it was hype and all of that. But no, I've never been to a cricket game. I wouldn't mind going to check out a Bandits game. That could be cool. Baseball, yeah, yeah. Take the kids, yeah. You know, check it out. Where do they play? Uh, I think it was they, the Claxton Shield. There used to be a place at. Was it not Ashgrove or somewhere in a city, one of those suburbs? I remember as a kid, mm-hmm. um, my cousin played baseball. I remember this is my, my recollection of baseball in Brisbane was us being underneath the grandstands collecting all the aluminium cans because people were just kicking oh, them down underneath. Yeah. But I remember, yeah, there was a Claxton Shield or something. It was a, a, an event that they had. And I can't okay. remember. It was an inner city ground somewhere, but I, I, cannot, I can't place it. Yeah, okay. Um, I think there is a ground over behind the hospital, the um, Royal Brisbane in Hurston area. Mm, I'm just trying to think of the name of the ground. But, yeah, there is a softball, might, baseball ground in there. Okay. Um, I, I think the Bandits used to play at RNA, at yeah. the showground. Um, but now I think they're out at Albion Way, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I was saying to Christina, I wouldn't mind taking – just to expose your kids to different sports. and have a look. Yeah, yeah, just go and have a look around and see what's about, you know, like – um, another huge sport in Ipswich that doesn't get a lot of recognition through media is hockey. Yeah. And hockey is a massive sport in, in Ipswich. Yeah. You know, so... Um, I mean, there's it, some pretty good fields there, right? Because they've got those full synthetic water ones. I mm-hmm. even know 
the Gold Coast has got some great facilities because of the Com Games. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's one there. I think it's around Labrador. There's okay. A, there's a big hockey, hockey stadium. Hockey yeah. There and well, that one out at Briggs Road's world class. Yeah. You know, like the grounds are world class. Yeah. So I, I think we're, when the Olympic Games comes in 2032, I think Ipswich are going to get some of the sports yeah. from what they've heard. I think the showgrounds might be getting an upgrade. I, I did hear that because oh, this is just another thing. We, I don't want to talk too much politics because we're on a sports sort of thing tonight. <laughs> and we mentioned politics before, but I did hear a, an interview with our mayor. Um, oh, which mayor? <laughs> the Ipswich mayor. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Was it gonna, positive? I'm just going to skip past any comment. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that she did say was that, and take this or leave it, right? So I texted, and this was, on, this was an ABC radio interview, and I texted in. Um, so basically the, the Brisbane Lord Mayor, Adrian Schriner, got mm-hmm. on and he's going over to, I think he's going to LA because LA's got the next, I think, the next Olympic Games. Okay. Because they had them, you know, obviously years ago, but they've yeah. got, they've got them again. I think they had them. Yeah, so in, LA in, in the 80s. Something like that, that. yeah. Um, I mix up my Commonwealth Games and, and stuff yeah. from there. But, yeah, so LA's had the Olympics and they're having it again. So all of the Southeast Queensland Lord Mayors mm-hmm. were the actual people who campaigned to have an Olympics here in Brisbane. Right? They right. all got together and it's like a, a, a group of mayors, mm-hmm. you know, the Bay, Brisbane, Ipswich. Yeah. So they're all going over, and I, you know, I texted into ABC and just went. Um, I'm paraphrasing the interview here, but junk it, because mm. they're going over to see what the city's doing and how. The, and like, why? <laughs> yeah, but guess what? The Ipswich mayor is not going. Well, he's probably not. She's she, probably not allowed. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, she. I mean, she. But she said, she said, mm. because we've had a travel rorts issue. Oh, right, God. I'm not going to mention people, right? Mm. But people have obviously gone over and there's things about yeah, helicopter them doing flights helicopter and flights. And, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of that. Yeah. So she said that she's not going because she wants to rebuild the faith of the people in the electorate, right? And by showing that, you know, well, it probably wouldn't be in good light that if there's another scene to be junket. So it's fine for all the other mayors. And I'm just going, like, are you trying to play the moral high ground of course. here? Yeah. And, and be this martyr? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to say that I ever agree with her or have mm. much of an opinion. Um, she won't come on the show. I've got an opinion. Yeah, well, let's not, <laughs> I'm not going to share it tonight. Um, but, but yeah, the thing is you're just sitting there going, okay, so she might actually have a point here that the other mayors are missing because she's saying, I don't need to go. I can mm. talk to the people over there on, on Skype Mate, that's or on, exactly on Zoom. Right. Maybe she's, yeah, I like, agree with that angle. I, yeah, I think maybe what happens, and this is my personal opinion, is people who are involved in coordinating and organising the Olympics or like a delegate, they're the people who should be going, mm-hmm. not the mayor no. or the other mayor, you know, whatever. Because right. at the end of the day, I can't see them really getting their hands dirty apart from a lot of these, you know, dinners and Mate, they're going to lift one, one shovel of dirt, turn it over and say, all right, we've started the construction, see you later. Yeah, That's correct. it, right? Ribbon, ribbon cutting. But yeah. Like you said Get about hockey here or something else like that, somebody mm. might be, you know, I think a delegation of people who are going to be coordinating or planning that because yep. the mayor is not coordinating or planning No, she's things. probably going to be mayor by the time that comes around. Well, let's let, be honest. Let's hope not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, see, mm. I, I think it's worthwhile for people to go over and have a look at these things if they're a delegation or someone who's involved, but I just don't think, yeah, I think, the political leader, what value? Apart from them coming back and going, oh, I've seen this, I'm really supportive of this and I'm going to, mm. you know, 
sort of, I don't know if it's yeah. approval, but, you know, like I'm going to approve it or endorse it and support it. Yeah. Um, but I don't see any difference if a delegation comes over and reports back and says, exactly. this is what we've seen. This is the sort of thing that they're implementing there. You know, these are the things we can learn from and implement here. Yeah, maybe she can send one of her minions. Maybe she still is, but she's not mm. going, which mm. was really, which was an interesting takeaway. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. Back, to, back to your point. Yeah, I do believe, and also in that interview, which is to, I guess, loop back around to your question, there was a lot of discussion that a lot of these regional places will have a lot of preliminary games, yeah. right? So the finals might be played. In the gather or around the area. Yeah, but, you know, some of the – because you're obviously going to have a lot of countries here. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of those preliminary games might be, yeah, a couple of teams will be, you know, rounds will be out of Ipswich and something that'll be down on the Gold Coast. And mm-hmm. if there's hockey fields at Moreton Bay, they'll yeah, have it, right? But then the, f- the final might be in a, a more dedicated or you know, the, the best facility for the final. I think they're even going to go up into the um, Central Bay region, up into like Harvey Bay and beyond a little bit with some of the stuff. And I did so, even know, like cans, I think. Yeah, which is so, great. Yeah, Look, yeah. let's be honest, for tourism, it's awesome. Um, and, and any country that's ever held the Olympic Games normally goes leaps and bounds ahead. Like we had World Expo 88 oh, in Brisbane, yep. you know, and um, did you spend a bit of time there when you were about 25? <laughs> no, I was young. I was – Expo 88 would have been – I would have been about 16, 17. Yeah, I think I was about – what was I? I would have been 88, I would have been nine. Yeah. But so I wasn't I living in Queensland going. then either. I was living ah, in Victoria. I was yeah, right. in sale, right? Mm. So my, my recollection of – um, Expo 88 was trips, right? So like the three-day passes. So we yep. would come up here for a week on a holiday, yep. stay with my family at Bundamba, mm-hmm. and then we'd have the three-day pass and we'd like train it in. And, and that was that? It. like Expo was three days for us. What was your favourite tent? Um, I do remember um, some of the things that I did enjoy. It was the one that – um, was it Sweden or something else like that? That's that was just because the, the girls, I reckon. No, it no, was you, because it was sure. No, because it, look, it's one of the other things that I remember is yeah, they had yeah. the chair, like the um, the chairlift or the ski lift, right? They used yeah. to come outside the building and around, and then as it was going over, they had the indoor slope. And I'm like, mm-hmm. going, oh, this is you know, indoor yeah, skiing yeah. in Queensland. Yeah, um, I I do remember. So that was one trip I came up for, um, and there was another weekend because what Expo run for six months? Six months. Six months. Yeah. So there was another trip that we came up for, and I remember going with my. I've got some cousins in New Zealand, and they came over. Mm-hmm. And I remember what we all we were trying to do, and this is just a typical kid thing, right? When you, all the pavilions is just how many stamps could we get in our passports? Your passports, right? yeah. And and what what we ended up doing is most of the time is just going in the back door. Oh, because, <laughs> because were you in the Swedish tent? Because, then? because the, I was waiting for it. Because the um, the way that they were done, right? It's a bit like when you go to a theme park now. You know, when you go on a ride, you line up out the front. It's massive. Yeah. You go on the ride, and then as you come out, you come out through the gift shop. Yeah. Well, Expo was set up the same way that when you went through the pavilion, you came out at the end where they had obviously their gift shop, and that's mm-hmm. where you got your stamp. Yep. Right. So all we were doing is just that, just going in the door, get the stamp and out of the place. Actually never went through the pavilion. <laughs> um, and just ran around and just going like how many how many stamps could we Do you collect? still have it? Um I don't think so. Yeah. It'd okay. be around somewhere, maybe, mm. in a box. Did you see that photo that went up on the uh Ted Shed page yes. the other day. That's pretty good. <laughs> that I think you had a mullet back then, mate, before oh. they were fashionable. Was that a front mullet? I don't know what that was. <laughs> How get, on, get online and check it out, guys. Oh. <laughs> it's on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, it it's is. A, it's a go-kart photo. So have a look for that. Glenn and I are in that photo. Yeah. Um, how old were you in that shot? Oh, I would have been... Shit. 11 or 12? Right. Yeah. I was pretty young. 
Yeah, you're under my shoulder, Hiver. So I'm just going, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah up at Toowoomba. Yeah, I think I think that day, I still remember that day, We I think we went to the go, uh, go-kart club at Ipswich and they were having a race meeting and they're like, oh, if you head that way to it, or an hour and a half, you can go up to the Toowoomba track and you can practice there. And I remember having the go-kart strapped at the top of the TE Cortina <laughs> on roof racks, <laughs> roof racks with rope. And we had a little old dodgy tool ba- toolbox in the back. And, um, you know, you'd sort of hold your arm out and hold on to the Make go-kart sure the while you were yeah, going up the yeah, the crash bars. Yeah. I know. I know. And it's amazing. I remember there's, there's a couple of different ways that I used to get my go-kart around. One mm. was because um, I had an old Corona, Toyota Corona. Oh, wow. Right. And I had those bolt-on roof racks yeah yeah like had those yeah. clip on the on the, on the, <laughs> on the drip rail yeah yeah, yeah on the drip so, rail a couple of times the go-kart was up there yeah wow. <laughs> <laughs> right a couple of times is um i remember we had a little toyota like two-door ute mm-hmm. right? oh the hilux that was the hilux yeah was yeah that your mum and dad's i think so yeah i think and the diesel that went about three kilometers an hour <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I remember anyone that. knows the one with it? i think it's the shifter on the tree and yeah front bu- buckets you know, on bench seat bench and, seat. and two doors and a flat tray so um yeah, so in the back of that, and yeah. then the last one was in a trailer. So, like, I had three different, you know, iterations, and it's almost like I've I've gone through, you know, F3, F2 to F1, <laughs> right? First first time it was on the roof racks, yeah. that's my, my yeah. F3. That's your F3 days. Right, yeah. then, then it's in the back of a ute, which is a bit like my transporter, you know, yeah. my, you know yeah. going, hang on, hang on, we're lifting the game here. That's right, right? exactly. Starting to get some printed team shirts up. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my F2. Mate, and I made the big time then when I had, you know, like my semi-trailer rig, which is just a box trailer. <laughs> box trailer. Um, with an aluminium canopy over it. Yeah. And the swing doors at the back. Yeah, right? so it didn't and get wet on the way. Mate, and that's, yeah. that was my F1 days. Oh, mate. You go out to the go-kart <laughs> track now and you couldn't afford to drive in the place. Oh. With the, some of the transporters, you know, yeah. Tyler Greenbury and all those blokes <laughs> are bringing full-blown transporters to go-kart meetings now. Yeah. And uh, a lot of... Um, I think it's a lot of dads that didn't really get an opportunity that might have made themselves successful in business. Yeah, and try and live through not live through their kids, but give their kids those opportunities. But that that is the the thing, right? I mean, I remember. I think the last time I was at a Willowbank Cart Track was probably back when we did that neutral episode, mm, two oh nine. Um, yeah, geez, come back. Now, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, we were doing that, and that was um. Was that that was the charity event mm, after race the, for Jace when race Jason for Rich- Jason Richards yeah mm. event um. And so, but even that weekend or some other things there, um, I, th- well, I think around that time there was a, a national Rotax championship because oh, they you started went up and did some stuff with Tyler. Yeah, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. And then yeah, we had all of the um, all the fences out there were all you know done up with all of the sponsors and everything. But yeah, even back then, so that was in like around oh nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the transporters and the trucks and the the things yep. there because even out there. Um, Mick Doom was there with his son, right? His, his son's over there testing an F one now. Is he? Yeah. 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 Right. He used to turn up with his helicopter, Mick, yeah. to the go kart track at Willowbank. Yeah. Mm. But it, it is an interesting takeaway because it shows that I mean, karting when we were racing was mostly Jays and Rotax. Uh, oh no, Jays and Clubmans, right? Jay, Clubman, mate. Clubman Light was. I remember yeah. running to the fence to watch Club and Light. Like, that was the yeah. class to watch. And now it's a Rotax. And there's mm. obviously, I'm, oh. I'm not across it as well, but there's a few different engines in Absolutely. Rotax. And then there's um, shifter carts. Well, Rotax aren't even really around anymore. Right. So there's all these other classes. And what they've done now in go-karting is you can buy one motor for a junior, take the restrictor out of it, and use that as a senior motor. Right. So, so it's there's, like the cart follows you through? KA4 and the motor will follow you through. Well, that's not a bad thing, though. Yeah. Is it? Like some sort of, because, I mean, we're the same. You start in J, yeah. right, and then you go to Clubman, and then, like, you know, 
But you know, all these reed valves and all of these. Like I yeah, remember yeah. watching races like six go karts in them mm. because the guys in that class had those high end engines, right? Yeah. And that's it right. was like it was almost a different chassis, different like config. But now you're saying that you can start off as a junior with a an with a motor and a and a restrictor. Yeah, and then the restrictor modification changes. That's right. And you can take that up. But, again, like our Jays and Clubmans, some are fast motors, some aren't. So dads will go and buy 10 motors, get them all dyno tuned, which one's a good one. Yep. Okay, we're keeping that one. That one will sell those. Yep. So then they go to the other people that can't buy new motors. Not there's many of them anymore. So I think the average cost of a go-kart race meeting now, if you're doing the National Series, you'd be, you'd be dropping five and a half to six grand a round. Wow. Mm. You could go go kart racing club level though, because even when we've gone out to club, you still got those high end people who are playing for sheep stations, right? Oh, club level from what I've seen, and I wouldn't get my kids involved in bitumen karting anymore. Mm. Um, I think even club level because there's so much money involved now. Like there's there's um, dads that are paying three four hundred dollars a day to have a mechanic there. Yep. Just to work because he doesn't know anything about go karts, but he wants to get his son mechanic to, driver coach. Wants to all get, those things. yeah, yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. It's a mini mini team, right? It's, it a, is, it's a it's a team. Absolutely, it is. Um, so so the money involved. If if your little Johnny gets punted off the track, well, I don't know. Got, that race just cost me five hundred bucks, and he got bloody out in the wood chip. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, and then the kid gets abused and. Yeah, it's and yeah. go back to what we said, right? We were mm. rocking up with go karts on our roof racks. We were just happy to be there, right? It was like you'd yeah, mm. go fill up the petrol can at the servo on the way on out the to the bank, right? <laughs> yeah. Pull in there, get a crumb like, sausage on the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you yeah. rock up there, you'd mix your fuel with your oil, you'd fill yep. up, you know, and Penrite TS forty C was the oil I used to use back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I still remember that stupid stuff. Anyway, and but it was a very basic setup. We would sit there mm. and like you had a, a trolley frame, like yeah. and then something to pull your remember car. The around? old skateboard thing, wheel thing we used to put under the back. Yeah, because you didn't have, have clutches. Yeah, my dad went ass up pushing me once. <laughs> <laughs> I dragged him halfway down the pit. No. But um, yeah, look, I, my first lap. This is the funniest thing because I'm not no 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 a fit bloke. Never have been right. Yeah. <laughs> not an IT guy. Um, is because anyone who knows, like, if, if you've never been into karting, right? So karting, I, my first exposure to karting was in the early seventies in the street mm-hmm. races of around Singapore and Malaysia. Oh right, right. Mm. I didn't even. Mac- oh no, wow, McCulloch engines and all of these oh. other things, right? So that's where my love of karting came from. Oh, um, but by I didn't the, know that after all these years, just y- quietly. Yeah. So mm. then I'll show you some slides in that later yeah. of, of the karting. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. Slides. Did everyone hear that? Slides. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to stop and explain what Sorry. the hell a slide is. <laughs> Google it. Yeah, Google um, it. Yeah. So anyway, so when I got my first kart, I remember that there was no side pods. It was just a mm-hmm. side crash bar, et cetera. Yeah. And then, you know, karts have obviously evolved. And, and where they are today, um, they're basically like push start. Right, they've got a clutch. Or so when I say push button, it's button start. Yeah, right? so like jump in and safety button. And, yeah, and then you mm-hmm. just drive out. Yep, the, batteries the, the pits. and yep. But when we were, <laughs> this is in the old guy talking now. When we were karting, there was no clutch. Yep. Right. So it's basically a, a drive train or a, a chain from the front sprocket to the rear sprocket. Yep. And we would stand there on the grid. It was a bit like a bloody Le Mans start, right? We'd lift the rear wheel up, run, or the, the rear end up, and hand on the steering wheel, hand mm-hmm. on the back bar, yep. lift this thing up and run, 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 and put it and then drop it. Yep. And then that with the tires would either do two things, right? They'd grip and start rotating. Yep. And the engine would go. Pop, 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 and then yep. you jump in, yep. nail it, and off you go. Or you push it, and for some reason your engine's so tight that you're pushing it for three meters, and your wheels are just going. 
<laughs> and you're trying to get them to rotate. Yeah, and you hope someone helps you at this every, point. <laughs> every time I would go out of the pits, my, my first lap was me getting my breath back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just because I had to push start. Sitting there, you know, you, and you're talking about there was, was such a rush because you'd push the cart and it would start to kick and go away from you. So you're holding on to stay oh, up yeah. with it. Then yep. you'd leap. Yep. And basically have to jump into your seat, then hit the throttle, right? At this stage, you're at the Don't end hit of the, the throttle too hard, but you'll flood it. You've got to nurse the throttle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then you're sitting in it, and then you just sort of go, and then out you go, right? Yep. And you're sitting there and just going, I'm bugging now. Sitting there, and we're going. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to cut eight laps. I drove a cart. Um, whoa, Jesus, mate. Oh, don't fell, fall off the stool. Fell off my chair laughing. Oh. Um, <laughs> I went back to drive a cart after running the speedway, and I thought, you know, in pretty good shape, speedway, you know, speedway driver. I was driving a fair bit. Yeah. And I got in one of Tim North's go-karts, who was – Timmy and I go a long way back. He crew chief for me through through my speedway days. Anyway, um, he's like, come out and drive this Formula 100. We've got it on MG Yellows and Toowoomba and you'll be all right. Just have a race meeting, you know. Yep. I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. I'll do that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Mate, 20 lap final, I'm vomiting in my helmet. Like I'm literally vomiting and swallowing it in the, in the final race. Yeah. I was fucked. Absolutely pooped, mate. And for, my head was falling off its fucking, and the, you know, like I just couldn't hold my head up. Yep. And um, and I went, holy shit. You don't realise how fit you have to actually be to drive a go-kart. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they're, they're probably- well, There's no power steering, right? There's no creature comforts. It's just you. Man, your ribs Everything's in the mechanical seat. grip, yep. Yep. I, I know Lindsay Crouch broke his ribs multiple times driving yep. go-karts, you yep. know, and many people have. But even then, once again, if we talk back to when I started karting, like neck braces and, and rib bra- like none of that existed, right? No. Now it's all, you know, you actually wear that, that neck neck brace, not a yep. hands device, but like the neck brace yeah, and, the foam and kidney guards and all of these other things, right? So there's obviously been mm. elevation since then. Um, yeah. Look, the safety's definitely got better. Yeah. Um, where I'm actually looking into some sort of um, dirt go-karting at the moment for my kids because they're, um, they're going up to, um, to the next level and there's a thing called a quarter midget. Right. which basically they're strapped into a seat. It's got a bit of a roll cage around it, but it's still off a go-kart chassis. Right. Um, Is that in, on speedway track? Yeah, it's on speedway track, but modified speedway track. So they'll normally run inside the speedway track. So they have another flatter, track. Right? Because there's yeah, less ruts and you don't have clearance right. in a go-kart. That's right. right. And different uh, grade of material. It's not yeah. clay. Um, it's more of a granite, so you can get that slide action. Yeah. But it's um, it's basically – I think that's where, if you want to go grass, grassroots racing yeah. now – where we were grassroots racing on bitumen, yeah. I think grassroots racing now is dirt. Wasn't the go karting happening around at at um, at like showgrounds on like almost like the horse track? You yep. know the flatter ones. They actually yep. run a dirt they, oval race. Kind they of thing? did run them at. Um, oh, they run them out at Nudgee Arch- at the moment. They run them at. They used to run them at the Brisbane showgrounds. Was the Archerfield showgrounds you ever used to have anything like that? Archfield, no, Archfield's no? never run go karts. Right, okay, different different style of track. But no, yeah, no, you so need no, that- no, I'm talking about the showgrounds there. Oh, Rock Lee. Rock Lee, yeah. yeah sorry, Rock Lee. Yeah. Yes. I think maybe. Yeah. Um, and I, just I think. I remember something like that. Yeah. What's that? I just remembered something like that. Yeah. Well, I do remember go karts going around a, a showground kind of oval, mm-hmm. and I can't place it. But yeah. Yeah. I definitely, from, definitely RNA. Yeah. Um, I guess the thing that scares me personally with go karts going around a, a proper speedway track, mm. which they do in Maribor, and they also um, they do at Gatton, um, is you literally got a concrete wall eight metres of them where you're driving. So if you catch a wheel or break a front end or something, yeah. you could potentially go head first into a concrete, concrete. wall at 80k an hour. Yeah. If you're on a J or, yeah. you know, if you're on a Clubman or a Rotax, 120k an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been into the wall pretty hard in my midget 
and we're only doing probably 130k an hour and we're fully strapped into seats with hands devices and all the good safety gear and a cage around you and that still hurts yeah so to have you go in as an adult feet first into a into a concrete wall I think that's a bit dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what, what so the, I think these speedway carts, they're doing the outlaw carts right. or the quarter midgets yeah. are a bit safer because you are contained inside a roll cage. Yeah, right. In, in a containment seat so you can't yeah. fall out. Your head's not going to hit the wall. Yeah. Well, that is one of the things with go-karts, right? Anyone, you just go and have a look at some go-karting clips on... Um, go look at go-kart crashes. Yeah, YouTube or Insta and, or if you're a TikToker, like you can just see like some of those. Mm. Once you go, you're a bit like on a motorbike, right? You just yeah. cartwheel. Or, well, yeah. I guess the thing with go-karts is I've, I've had a couple of big crashes is... You know, you like your ankle getting caught up. Like if you're getting flicked, mm-hmm. you know, your ankle is still like around a pedal or a steering column while That's the cart's cartwheeling. Car. You're going with it. You're, yeah, exactly. You're getting flung along. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what one of the things that I find funny, like coming from karting, like my kids are, um, we went to the big kart track a couple yep. of years ago through COVID in Lansborough. Brisbane. Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of fun. Um, and I think what else have we got here? And um, we've got the Kingston Park. Kingston Park. Mm. I've never been to Kingston Park. Oh, I've never. I'll give yeah. you a lesson there one day. But the thing with places like that, though, what I get, mm. and I try to explain to my kids, like I remember the, like literally remember the first time I hopped in a J. Like, and J's mm. not a quick car, no. right? But it'll no. still punish you. Oh, yeah. Right? It, it can go. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, like, you get your cold tires, too much throttle, you're going around, yep. right? You're off the corner, you're this and that, you've got a break. You go to these cart places, like Lansborough, the big cart track. Yeah. I got in the cart with my daughter and my son. Mate, I did not break, and yeah. my foot was flat the whole time, right? Yeah. And my daughter was holding pace with me. Like, the yeah. whole time she was in front, and I just couldn't do anything to get – because mm-hmm. there's not enough power in that That's to, right. to make it to the point where the cart, if you make a mistake, it's going to be a big lose or, or vice versa, right? That's right? And that's the difference, I guess, from these people who go to these cart places, you know, and they've never gone into, you know, like pro carts or anything else. They run around and do a heap of laps there and then, you know, or even the indoor karting places and think that they're all that. Yeah, yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah. Guy, you know what? Yeah. You know, you go from that cart number six to cart number seven, there's there's half a second a lap right. just in the yep. setup of the cart or the suspension. Or the, well, the, the tyres are pumped up. Yeah. And the other one's not. Correct. Yeah, the toe <laughs> in the – like all of yeah. these things, right? Mm. I keep saying to my kids because, you know, my daughter – and look, she beat me. She was pushed out of the pits first. <laughs> yeah. She's pushed out. I'm I'm back behind her. They pushed the guy on the left and then me. And I spent, you know, the whole twenty minutes or whatever, full throttle. Trying to just up. trying to even, you know, hope she got caught behind some other slower traffic or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I beat you, Dad. And I said, yeah. Okay, well, we need to go get into a karting environment where you realise that karting is not just hold your foot flat and drive it around like you're That's in right. a dodgem car at at the show. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. it's got to be. If you push that throttle too hard, you're going round. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. If you brake yeah. too late or lock up, guess what? There's a different consequence. There's that's all right. of these. Yeah, things, you're going right? beyond your tire group, <clears throat> and it's and it's a different level of speed. Oh, totally, like, significantly mate. different. Totally. Level of speed. <clears throat> like you look at the shifter carts. Like I think they're KZ, so they're a six speed shifter cart that they mm-hmm. run here in Australia. Um, I think down the back straight of Willowbank, they're topping out at about 135. Yeah. You know, like, and then you've got six gears also to manage. Like, that is a lot of work. And that doesn't sound breaks. fast, right? 130. But you're talking, like, if anyone doesn't know, like, a cart track, the, the straights aren't long. Well, I think the back straight at Willowbank is about 130. 
30 metres long. Yeah, so you come off that right hander. And you come off a hairpin. So you probably exit the corner at 40 kilometres an hour. Yeah, and so you're up to 130 in that within, time. Within 100 metres, you're up to 140 yeah. k now, 130 k now. Right. And that's, that's what we're the talking exact about. numbers. No, no, but that's, but that's what I mean. So the acceleration yeah. is incredible. Oh, right? Then you're you smacking gears. Yep. Then you've and, got and front brakes, so you've got to hold your head up, hold your body up, turn yeah. the thing in on your arms with no power steering. Yeah. You're on a massively sticky tyre. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys will turn in and use the front to stop the cart for that final bit. So the pressure in your arms is massive yeah. just so that you can carry that corner speed. Yeah. Like you look at Craig Lenz, he does it perfectly. He turns the car in and, and slows it on the front. Yeah. He doesn't brake and then turn in and roll. He's actually slowing the car and trail braking. Into yeah. the corner. That's yeah. how he's so fast. And this is the difference, though. So mm. my thing of going, and there's no disrespect to these cardinal no, operations. No, no. I think it's a great way for people to have fun. Corporate days. It's yeah. a hell of a lot of fun, right? Yeah. It's but a hell it of is, a day out. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's. But just don't go under any illusion to think that if you're fast around Kingston Park Raceway, yeah, you go jump into karting. Yeah, right? it's going to take you a year you're, to get anywhere near. Exactly. It's to- totally go different do it. level. Challenge right? yourself. Yeah. You know, but to go into karting now, you need to bring 10K. Yeah. You can buy some good secondhand carts at a reasonable price. What, what are you yeah. in? Like some, like a, a Rotax, not a shifter, but a, oh, a yeah, Rotax, like three Rotax. grand? Yeah. You, look, you can for about three grand. And that's if you want to just be a weekend, what we, we used to call weekend warriors. Yeah. Um, you can do that. Three yeah. grand. Go get your national championships. You just want to run club and you might yep. be midfield or backfield. Yeah. You'll be in tag. Racing with others and you're Tag same. restricted or something like that. So. Um, and, and you can go and have some fun. Um, you're still going to probably spend five to $600 a weekend to do that. Yeah. By the time you put tires, brake pads, entry, um, you've got to put fuel in the thing. You've got to get membership yourself there. And everything else. Yeah, membership yeah. to the club. So if you, if you worked on five or $600 a race meeting, I think that's where you'd be at a club level tag restricted. Yeah. Um, I know that the Toowoomba Cart Club have broken away from the AKA or the AKC or something it's called now. Right. Um, and you can basically buy a day license. Right. So you can turn up in the morning, buy a day license. You'll be off the back yeah. and you can go and do your thing. Yeah. Or you can buy a year license, but you can only race at that one track. Right. So there, there was a bit of a, a, bit of a um, rift in the karting community between the national board and, and tracks. Yeah. Um, so some tracks have broken away and become sort of like an outlaw. Outlaw track. But Willowbank went through that. I remember through through the days there was high carts out there at certain oh, periods yeah. when the club was looking yep. maybe to get revenue by allowing them in there. And the problem was well, we'd go out there to practice mm. or something and, and what did you get? Yeah. We would sit off the side while all of these people would go around in their high carts. Yeah, I think they got 20 minutes. We got 10. Yeah, and then we'd go out and do a bit and whatever. And next thing you're like, well, sit, out, in. sit out again. You're just sitting there yep. going, wow, this is a club track and it's – yeah. It's been run as a commercial operation, well, but then, then they got rid of those. Well, that's how they paid for the lights at Willowbank. Yeah. So when they wanted to go under lights, I think they were one of the first tracks in Australia to do that. Yeah. And they had to get the revenue from somewhere, and, and that's that. where it come from. But the the flip side to that is we were having 350 carts at a meeting, yeah. and then after that happened, we were getting 200 because yeah. people got the shits because yeah. you can't even go practice. Yeah. Now, even if you want to go, I remember back in the day when we had carts, Jace, we'd invite 20 of our mates out there on a Saturday, right? Yeah. Everyone would throw on the race suit and mm-hmm. out you go, can't do that anymore. No. You've got to go to specific come and try days yeah. or you have to go and buy your license, buy a go-kart just to try it out. Yeah. So, um, which is, it, it makes it more, um, it's not as accessible to the young kid that, Maybe watch Shane V. Gisbergen fly around and go, I want to do that, Dad. Yeah. You know, and then Dad goes, shit, well, I've got to go and spend six grand for a sec- good second-hand race cart. Then you mightn't even like this. You're 10 years old. Yep. 
And look, it, is, it is an early introduction, I guess, to the world of motorsport, right? Oh. There's a lot of talent that don't go anywhere oh, shit, because yeah. there's no budget, right? But as you're saying, you know, old, old man's got a, a business. Um, he pays for the cart. He pays mm-hmm. for a mechanic. He does this. You come up, rock, you drive the cart. Yeah. There's, um, not many, there's not many poor race car drivers. No, no, exactly, right? But so that's what I'm saying. So it's not necessarily it's, – it's rarity now to see the talent come through. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Jack Doohan before, right? Mm-hmm. So he's over there in F1, right? You yeah. think he's over, like, once again, when we talked about karting, they were pretty much big professional kart setups. You know, Mick mm. was there flying in on helicopters. The money was behind it. Mm-hmm. And he's gone through the ranks and he's now testing in F1. And yeah. we may see him in a seat in the future, right? Yeah, that's right. But you don't yep. you don't see the guy who rocked up, who paid for his own kart, put the 50 bucks worth of fuel in the tank and, you know, running a, a secondhand set of tyres for the weekend because he can't afford the new ones is mm-hmm. very rarely ever going to go anywhere. No, and I've seen those kids um, <clears throat> where, you know, that, that have the secondhand set of tyres mm-hmm. outdrive the, the not saying Mick Doohan's kid yeah. straight up, but yeah. kids in that position drive I think I put new tyres on every six months in my car. Mate, I used to get them out of the bin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. These other guys who would run them tires. and then they'd turn around and they'd, they'd run a meeting and then yeah. bin them. Yeah, uh, go collect yeah. them. Yeah. I'd go and buy them for $20 a tyre yeah. off off of people that I'd beaten that weekend. I'm like, you guys run those out? Yeah. yeah. Can I buy them? I'll buy a set off you for 80 bucks. Yeah. And I'd just run them the next week and just, you know, you drive around those things. But that's what makes you a better driver going forward yeah. because yeah. everything doesn't have to be perfect. We see it even in Speedway. Yeah. There's some guys that can drive around anything. Yeah. And in all forms of motorsport, right? Yeah. Um, but then you've got other guys that if 1% is not right, they're shit ass. Yeah. They can't drive around. You can be sympathetic because I remember we had that. We ran a an enduro race mm-hmm. at Willowbank once mm-hmm. in carts and had the same thing. I think the <laughs> you took the cart in because the brakes were shit. Oh, yeah. Right? But I just, yeah, same thing, right? I started that race. Yeah. And I've, I remember I've got pinned out on the outside and got put in the fence and, and had, you know, I'm just saying the same thing. Like these brakes were shit. Yeah. So I ended up driving my stint Pretty much just going, look, these, these brakes aren't going to pull me up. So it was back off early, hold the guy yep. behind me, turn it in, throttle out. And I, I, God knows how many laps I drove like that, right? That's but just right. Driving, driving around to things. that, mm-hmm. you know, just to the point where I think you got in, you there's no fucking brakes left. Yeah, I'm going, there was right. no brakes to start that's with. Right. <laughs> exactly. But that's where guys like, you know, McLaughlin and Van Gisbergen and those guys go and Lowndes, yep. they're the next level up. And then you go into, you know, Formula One and those the, no driver in Formula One is shit. Even no. if they're in the worst team. Yep. Everyone in Formula One can drive to some level. Yeah. But there's guys that are just out of the out of the box, like, wow, they're fast. Yeah. I'd be surprised if we don't see Scotty McLaughlin make his way over to Formula One. You think so? Yeah, I don't know, man. I th- I think he'll end up there. He's already He's going to dominate IndyCar this year. Yeah, I think I think his, his biggest challenge is at the team that he's with, right? So mm, I know, Penske. yeah. So because obviously um, McLaren's running IndyCar as well mm. as Formula One. Yep. And they're talking about, um, I think it's um, uh, Brian Herter's son. Oh, um, okay. He's yeah, he, he's he's running. But anyway, like there's a, there's a few drivers that you know are running with McLaren, and because McLaren's then got F1, they go. Come over, drive the car. There's that, there's okay. that segue, or there's that yeah. you know internal to where the, Penske doesn't have an F1 to the machine, but Penske doesn't have the in. Like even Andretti, right? Michael Andretti's trying to get into F1, and you know Formula One's a oh, like a, like a closed shop, right? Those guys is you know there's twelve teams. There's no, you know, they yeah. don't want to expand. It's a club. They don't want another team in because there's a div, you know then a, a, I guess divvying up the um, championship money against one extra mm. team. There's also issues around that the 
two car teams and and pit garages and stuff like trying to put another one on. But I, mm. I'd love to see Formula One back in the old days, right? Where people would rock up and you would qualify for your spot, right? So mm-hmm. let's say Formula One wants to go twenty two cars, let another team in, mm. right? But if you still want to run a grid of twenty two. Well, guess yeah, what? Well, if you're not qualifying, you're, you're not making the day. You, you right. cut out. IndyCar still does that with mm-hmm. um, like the Indy 500. You know, yeah. They have their. Um, well, they get a lot of independents turn up to try and qualify. Qualify for, that. for the Indy 500. Yeah, you've got to do that, and you've got to do your four laps. And if you don't make the cut, you're out. Right. That's it. But F1 back in the day, I remember like you know these cars were around the corner. But you know now it doesn't seem. Well, I don't know certain tracks like there's some. Um, um, Red Bull Ring, I think, you know, like the shorter tracks where 22 cars, it seems like the leader is on the back marker with, you know, within three or four laps. It's just dumb. Yeah. And the whole race is just blue flags, right? Mm. Um, and that's probably another discussion for anyone who loves motorsport is, you know, all of these rules around, you know, getting your lap back and you know, mm. blue flags and just letting the guy come past. Instead. But, but back when I started watching Formula One, which is late 70s, um, man, these fields were massive. Yep. Like the tracks were long. You're talking about the original Hockenheims and, mm. and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, a very different era. But, yeah, it's no a protected, it's a protected um, sport now with, a you know, a lot of money behind it. And the yep. teams that are in there and own those licenses yeah. um, are not really, you know, welcoming of, of um, expanding their competition to someone else. There is an American team there, but isn't there? Was it, was it? Haas. Haas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what does, it, what does that stand for? Do you know? Um, it's after the owner. Okay, right. Haas, so I mean, Haas Automation. Okay, right. Yeah. It's like, is that the Newman Haas chassis? Was that a Newman Haas they used to run an Indy car? Actually, was it a Newman Haas racing team? Well, no, well, Newman was Paul Newman. And, right. And, no, and Carl Haas. Carl Haas. Um, this Haas, right. I think, is... Um, is it Haas? Oh, my God, I hope I haven't got that wrong. Yeah. I would sound like oh, it's, a, Yeah, that's all right. No, I'm going to look I, that up. I don't know, because, yeah. Because um, yeah. they've got a team in, don't they? I mean, they're not, they're not going great, but... You know, what's an average Formula One team spend? Yeah, it's Haas. Yeah, it's Haas F1. I thought I was, I was going yeah, crazy. Yeah, I think there. it was yeah, so, so Magnussen yeah. and Hulkenberg. Um, how much are they spending? $300 million a year. Well, there's actually um, there's price caps now. Oh, okay. Right, and um, Red Bull just got done last year <laughs> because the year before, because all the financials are done after the season. So that year where um, – um, Max? <sighs> yeah, I should have a mental blank. Yeah, Max, when Max beat Lewis in that final race – yeah. Um, that year, the, well, the books came out the year after, and apparently there's a budget overspend. So, do they get disqualified? No, they didn't. They've had um, reduced wind time tunnel access oh. this year, which will significantly impact them. Yeah, because um, the front think, wing's changing a fair bit this year. And I think. I think there's a financial penalty as well. Okay. At, at this stage, but they didn't. They didn't go back and unwind the championship or you know disadvantage anyone. So, from do you that. know what the cap is? Do you know how much it is? Um, no, I'm going to have a quick look now that you're asking me. Um, so, I think I heard Ferrari was spending sixty million a week. Sixty million. That was a in week. their height. That was in their height. God, I love Google. I've just gone F1 cap, and guess what I've got? In the price. No, no. freaking hats. Oh, hats. I've got every team's <laughs> every team's. I need to go budget. <laughs> My mind's just going. I know what I want, but yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, the F one budget cap in twenty twenty two, basically. So, so this is just reading off the off the web. Uh, Formula One has announced a budget cap will be implemented. Yeah, it was introduced in twenty nineteen, um, and it started last season with one hundred and forty five million dollars. Oh, then it was scaled down for twenty twenty two down to one hundred and forty million. Oh wow! And in twenty twenty three, it's going to be one hundred and thirty five million. Oh, so they're reducing. Wow. Um, and, and this is where one of the big stinks were because apparently Mercedes sacked a lot of staff. Well, that's right. Yeah, said, I mean, well, if you've only got $3 million a, a week to spend, 
and you've got three three thousand yeah. staff. Yeah, we're letting people go. We're doing this, and apparently, where the confusion was, um, my take. I think um, Drive to Survive will probably cover it this year if they don't go too soap opera. Um, hopefully, I think it was something around like logistics or something else that. Red Bull said, look, our interpretation of the rules were we could spend that money. It was like <laughs> pandemic leave or this and that or something yeah. else that wasn't prescribed because there are Never things that are outside the cap. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they tried to argue. But anyway, they got done for it and, and yeah, they'll get penalised. So this year, if you're an F1 fan, um, will be interesting because it's the second year of the, um, the new car, mm. the new spec. Um, so yeah, we'll see if Red Bull getting you know, less wind time tunnel and, and Mercedes were really off the pace last year because of their porpoising. Mm. They didn't get, because of the whole era, right? We're going back to ground yeah. effects cars from the, the old days. That's right. Um, and Mercedes didn't get a handle on that. Yep. Um, I think Ferrari suffered, but Ferrari for some reason could still be quick and porpoise mm. um, and Red Bull were just all over it. So if um, um, Mercedes this year, if, if they've got their car together and, and now I think they, they started to come on strong at the end of the last year. Yeah. Um, if they get their car together um, and come out of the box, I think we might see a three-way fight this year. Mm. Uh, Ferrari, um, Red Bull and um, Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it's the best of the rest. And look, and personally, I love watching Formula One for the best of the rest. Mm. When you've got the one team is just dominating out there, I'm just going, yeah. you know, where where are, you know, Toro Rosso and, and Alpine and, and McLaren and, yeah. you know, watching those championships because those guys are fighting. Those guys are dicing. Absolutely. You know, and the guys out the front, sometimes you just go, yeah, it's slot cars. You know, yeah, precision. that's exactly right. And I think Formula One are trying to obviously change that with their budgeting so that they can bring the lower teams up to be able to spend the same amount as the bigger teams to get faster. Yeah, but one of the Formula One's problems is the prize money still, right, I don't know if it favours the team because everyone's got a budget cap, I guess, yeah, if you can you know, be a Hass and come in mm. with 135 million yeah. this year. Um, 135 and top teams at the same, you've got the same money, right? Yeah. Um, I think the only difference is what makes it commercially viable is more prize money goes to the top end. So those winning teams go, well, that's less sponsorship. We have to go and find. Yeah, but they can right. only spend 130. Correct, but yeah. I'm just saying it's not coming out of their pocket. Or yeah, they're not yeah, going yeah, to find totally. The other team might even, I don't know if they can find the 135 mil to run a year. That's exactly right, you know? totally. You know, I couldn't agree more. But I think, um, what do you think of V8 Supercar? They're, they're going to a new car. I think they're dead. I mate, honestly I've, think they're, they're ducks in the water, mate. I have had pretty much zero interest in V8 Supercars for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, like look, the only, I, only yeah. race I watch, Bathurst. Bathurst. Yeah, I think that's I think that's ingrained e- in every even Australian. Now that infuriates me, right? When guys go a lap down, whatever they go, safety car, oh. they wave the. the you know, we talked about this briefly yeah. before. I think it's a whole different discussion for another night. But yeah, um, yeah. When when you're a lap down, you've mm. made a mistake, you're done, whatever. You're a lap down, and then because someone else makes an error. Yeah, safety right, car. Safety the car let's do five laps under safety car. Oh, you're a lap down? No. What we're going to do is slow everyone down. You can go past. Yeah. Run around and get on the back and get your lap back. Yeah, bullshit. Right? And then there's a chance to come back and, and win the race. That's exactly right. Right? Yeah, Because totally. it depends where your strategy is and where you're on a fuel and, and everything mm-hmm. else. You just go such an unfair advantage. And Bathurst, in my mind, I think for most recent years, has basically come down to a 10-lap sprint race. Because, yeah, that's All exactly All you got to do right. is you just got to stay there. There's a kangaroo just, on the track. We're going to call a safety car with 20 there. to go. Do you know what I mean? Stay like, there. it's bullshit. And, and I think it, I think that's the commercialization of motorsport yeah. is that they do that to have a 10 and they go, Oh, Bathurst, we've been racing eight hours and there was only two seconds between first and second. But where it's unfair is Bullshit. the guy or the team who's gone and established a 36 second lead. 
Mm. Right. I get that the field comes back to them, right? But my personal opinion with a safety car is the safety car should only be out for the duration that there's an incident on track. Mm. Marshals, tow truck, etc. Right. What we see time and time, and Bathurst is infuriating for it, is there'll be a crash. They'll throw the safety car out, and the leader could be out. He might want to stop. He might want to stay out. Whatever. Right. So they dispatch the truck. They get the thing back up on. The guys have swept the truck, and then the truck is heading down um, Conroy, yep. heading back towards the pits. Right. Now the safety car is just coming off like the, maybe the main straight heading back up the mountain with the field behind it, yep. right? And stragglers coming around trying to get their lap back so they'll yep. blast down past the truck and everything else. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. At yeah. that point in time, there's no personnel on the truck uh, on the track apart from the truck, right? And the truck goes in. But then guess what do we have? Oh, hang on. We're going we're gonna to now do another circuit mm. and then they'll go, okay, now release and wave past the slower cars, Right, so the incident's cleared. The car's back in the pit, and now we're going around again. And the safety car's now letting those back. But we've got to wait a bit longer because those cars have just passed. We yeah, don't want to catch we need them. To let them get back so around. So let's slow down. Let's hold up, and then right, and then we get to a position that once all of that's done, they turn around and go, "Okay, safety car in the end of next lap." Yeah. Right, and then the safety car shoots off, and then it's under control. We've got control. thirty cars on the lead lap. Having I'm a sitting crack there again. going two laps. Mm. Right. So what you should have been doing, in in my mind, is send the safety car out. Right, because and here's the the um, I guess the paradox of a safety car. What you end up with is a safety car is pulling up the leader. You still got guys half a track away who have just cleared the accident, who are still on it. That's right, right, and they're they're full on on it. Right, they're coming through the double yellows through the incident, and then they they're going. So they're now closing up that gap. They're now getting that advantage. Right, mm-hmm. even in situations like that. So if that guy who was then racing decides to go into pits. Soon as he comes out of pits, right, he's got a really easy job to catch the field again. Yeah. So my mind is, as soon as that truck has collected the car and the track is safe, right? And sometimes you have big accidents where I get there's going to be six, seven laps. We got to fix barriers or whatever. But if Debris we're talking about track. someone's yep. just gone off stranded car, get it on the truck, right? Two laps. Soon as that that truck is in. That the safety car is in that lap. That lap it's in. If it's exactly. coming down Conrod, because they, they know where the bloody you know, recovery vehicle is, they go, right, down Conrod, lights off, you're in. Yep. And then go. Because if the guy who's then decided to try and milk the free pit stop. He's a uh, half a lap behind. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. And if yeah. you're a lap Bad down, luck. guess what? Yep. You just stay back in your position yep. because you're a lap down. Yep. Right? And then that way you're still going to have a spread out field. And But this whole concept of, and this is why I say we end up with a 10-lap sprint race. You get yeah. through a whole day. Yeah. You get there at the end. There's a safe, you know, safety yeah, car, which and they always. turn around and go, "Oh, shitting on the safety car." Five Ooh, laps to go. Yeah. We better get it in. We'll finish under a green. Yeah, and then it's a five lap sprint race mm-hmm. to right. win Bathurst. Exactly. Which, which the 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 history of Bathurst is a, is a slog. Yeah. You know, you know, another way around F- the safety car. Sorry, just another yeah. point. F one is no different, right? Mm. F one in their safety car, and this is the whole Max Verstappen unraveling thing that happened at Yas Marina, mm. right? is they're sitting there and then they're following it around. The track was clear, right? And Max had gone in and got, I'm making a pit stop. He's got back out. He wasn't behind Lewis. He had cars in front of him. And then um, Massey's made the decision to go, let those cars go, but only let everyone in front of Max go, right? Which problem, I'm not going to discuss it tonight. But even in that scenario, right, let some cars go around. And then because of that procedure of going slow everyone down, let them go, then the next lap we go green. Yep. Right. They lost laps. Mm. Whereas if they just turned around and, and go, look, we send the safety car out. Max, if you shot in and you're you're sitting fourth on track but second in position, you've got two cars in front of you. Guess what? Next lap, the safety car's coming in. You've now got two laps left on the track. Yep. Right. Those guys will get shown blue flags. 
Right? If you can get past them, catch Lewis and win the race, great. Every does, yep. But You've this won whole the concept race. of, oh, hang on, we've got to get those back markers out of the way and then, you know, that yep. if Lewis is, is driven to the front, right, yep. and, and Max is back, well, Max, why should Max get the advantage to be right on the gearbox of, of Lewis? That's right, with, with brand new tyres on. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Right. But once again, it's the same, Formula One do it all the time as well. They do five, you know, friggin' laps under a safety car. Um, yep. And the incident was cleared after the second lap. Yeah. I think with technology in the cars today, we don't even need a safety car. Well, they do have the... Um, why can't we just do a, they do a, have a, a virtual safety, They do have a virtual safety car in Formula well, One. Well, that's it. Well, why don't we use it in, also in Bathurst? So, okay, say the field's all spread out. They're doing their race. Everyone's flying around doing their thing. Yep. Someone goes in the fence. All of a sudden... Over the one way, it's virtual virtual safety car. Wasn't yeah, just like a pit speed limiter, and that's controlled by the tower. Yeah. So no matter what part of the track you're on, you're now doing forty k an hour. Yeah. And but the guy behind bu- you that has the three seconds behind you still remains three seconds behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Then they go right in ten seconds. We're coming off that. Yeah. Get ready, guys. Ready, and we're off. And then everyone just goes back to race mode. That's what virtual safety car is in Formula One. Why do we not? When have there's that? an incident that they determine that someone just needs to be pulled back from a wheel or a wall, you know, behind they try to stop. Yep. The crew jumps out, so it's a virtual safety car, slows down, everyone's holding position. That's right, everyone's holding position at the same yeah. speed. Exactly. Why don't we do that? Well, they've got a button on the steering when they come into pits, right? They hit that yeah. button and hold it and they won't exceed the speed limit. That's right. But so, you could do that through the control tower. Yeah. So so the, the race controller, the chief yeah. steward, can go, right, guys, we're about to go into safety car, everyone, bang, yep. slow down to 40. It already just stops the car to 40 or 45, whatever speed they wanted to designate that to. And then at the end of it, just go, right, I'm about to lift that. Guys, well, you're about to go back to full racing. Just on that, the, sa- the safety car is still booking, right? Like if you look at F1, like that safety yeah. car is because it's a sedan. Oh, it's, yeah. It's on, yeah, he's on the two limit. wheels. He's going. So I don't know what speed he'd be doing, 120. Oh, but well, that's they have to because the aero, right? right? The aero yeah. on the car, they wouldn't be able to turn. Yeah, I get that. But what I'm yeah. saying is, so you don't have to slow down to 40. You don't have to slow down to 60, right? It is, you know, basically a, a significantly reduced yeah, speed. Yeah, well, just slow down to 80, whatever, yeah. or yeah. 100. But you need to have a, a speed that ex, that is no yeah. higher than the slowest point on the track. Yeah. Because if you're going to come to a corner, like you say they're racing in Tasmania yeah. and they're into that hairpin, well, whatever their mid-corner apex speed is, if that's 30, yeah. well, at that track, that's the speed everyone drops to. Because yeah. why should those guys go through there be disadvantaged? Yeah. And what does it matter if you're travelling around at 30, right? Because you're cares? basically saying we're not going to bunch up. We're just waiting not for gonna... everyone to clear the track. Exactly. We're all keeping we're our same flagging. distance. Yeah. We can't get any advantage. Yeah. Yeah, you can warm mm. keep keep warming your tires at that yeah. speed, no problem. And then you get a thirty second warning, we're about to go green. Yeah. Everyone stop weaving, green. Yep. Everyone everyone stays in the same gap. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be a solution, whether they do that or not. I I don't know. I mean, I thought when there's uproar when safety cars first came in, right? And there's always these things and blue flags and it's becoming great. And I get safety, right? I totally you know, endorse everything. And like yep. what you're saying, though, is like if, it, if it's a serious crash, the track's blocked, et cetera, you go red flag. That's it. Everyone stops. Yep. And right. you but stop if, in if your you're position. you're talking about a car who's, yeah, come off somewhere across the top of the mountain, you know, yep. and slid down a wall. Yeah, like the, um, like the Chas Mostert incident. That's yeah. a big crash. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got broken legs. He's in the car. He's hurt. Different story. Yeah, but if we're talking about someone who's come across and clipped the wall mm-hmm. and then the front left wheel is in the wrong direction yep. um, and they might need to be picked up on a truck, right? Yep. That scenario there where there's a recovery vehicle on the track, everyone slows down to that nominated yeah. speed, even if it's 80. That's just right. Go, everyone sits at 80, hold position. Flag marshals come out, they wave the flag. Correct. At the incident? Yep. Everyone just drives around it. Correct. 
And if yeah, and most of the time those cars aren't on the track. That's like right. They're off to the side. They're on a shoulder. They're in a gravel pit. But if, if you want to go and try and try a pit stop during that incident, good luck. Go for it. Good but, luck to you. But guess what? You could be in pit lane when we go back to green. That's right. You're, also, you're running that risk, which is no different for you taking that risk during a green flag race. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And I think well, Motorsport Australia, if you're listening, <laughs> we've only got two people listening, Jess, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. No, no, We're growing. Hey, and no, big, we shout, are. big shout out to everyone who's listening in. It's um, yes. a great pleasure. We had a couple of great interviews last week. We obviously had Dipper. Yeah, Dipper was funny. Um, yeah, and we had yeah. Jason Kadee from um, the, the captain of the Brisbane Bullets. They had two wins too. Yeah. Since I think we gave him some positive uh, attitude That's adjustment. It, right. I think it was <laughs> pretty I think good. We just said, mate, look, what have you got to lose? Go out there and play like you're a two year old and having some fun. And exactly. I don't know. No, but good on them. Good on yeah. them. Um, yeah, yes, really a couple good. of great interviews and, and um, yeah, some great feedback and, and people interacting with us. A lot of people are messaging us directly. Um, oh, yeah. Not not through the um, comments sections and that. So it'd be awesome if they do because you can share your comments and thoughts with people. Yeah. Um, and everyone else can pile on. Um, Maybe we should try and get a motorsport legend on. Yeah, we'll see if we can see if we can rattle someone up. You know, someone that's been in the industry a long time and. Yep. And maybe get their views Talk on about the, these things. Yeah, and maybe get their views on where the where the motorsport in Australia is going from the mm. grassroots all the way through to because really our pinnacle in Australia is V eight supercar, right? Yeah, and look, one of the things, and you and I talked about this over Christmas, right? Um, is I love the Bathurst twelve hour. I mm. love watching those cars yep. more around, you know. And look, and, and I don't know if what's I went down and maybe have a chat to Dave Russell, right? Yeah. I went down to maybe reach um, out. I went down to um, Bathurst 12 Hour with Dave as an invite to Dave when we were still doing Neutral Car Show. Yeah. Um, just still towards the end, went down and filmed in the pit garage. And look, a great insight, right? We're there. Um, I actually stayed at the, the property where the team stay. Yeah, I nice. flew in, stayed there, saw how the whole team operates through the pits, through the race weekend. Unfortunately, about a um, not long after, yeah, Kangaroo took them out mm-hmm. um, and they were really strong for that weekend. But I then, because... The race was over. We did a bit of filming. I had the rest of the day mm-hmm. not sort of doing any production. And I've just gone, you know, I'm just going to go. For, this is my first time at Bathurst, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go up the top. I'm going to go walk the track. I'm going to, I went to every inch of that track that I could, you know, I've seen yep. it my whole life. Um, and then just sat there and watched these cars thump. Like they're faster than the V8 supercars. They are. Yep. Listening to them come up like the Mercedes, um, the GT cars, mate. They sound like. Freaking Apache attack helicopters coming up the hill, right? Yeah. You just hear this, you know, and we're going, oh, my God. And they're motoring. These things are absolutely booking. And there wasn't many people there. Mm. It was 12 hours of on-track action. Yeah. And it wasn't mad alcohol-fueled. Yeah, Bathurst 1000. Right? It was yeah. so many different cars there. And the different categories as well. Yeah, right. that's right. The old Bathurst. Yeah, Remember exactly. The old Bathurst. Yeah. They have five different classes: C class, E class. Yeah. Group A. That's how Group A started. Looks as yeah. oh, the pinnacle. Group and, A. And for me, I love watching that stuff. Mm. I'm actually interested. I don't see much, right? But is the um, is it the F five thousands that they've? Oh yeah, Gary Rogers Motorsports got a fair bit to do with that. Yeah. Um, one of the young kids that I used to race midgets against, Braden Wilmington. Right. He's now driving one of those cars, and I think he drives for Gary. Um, but they're, they're the old school V8 five-liter in the back of a submarine yeah. and not boom, yeah. off you go. And massive back wheels and mm-hmm. smaller front wheels, yeah, yeah. Which back, is a bit, but, but they've the got the halo and days. safety, right? But that's the thing is I think Australia needs a fantastic open-wheel category, right? Especially mm. when you talk about – like we just talked about um, Jack Doohan. 
Saw him in go-karts. I don't know what his progression through is. I'm assuming that Mick's taking him out of go-karting in Australia. You know, Straight over, over to go-karting. F- F3 or so. I don't know if he ran F4. I think F4 has mm. been a bit of a dud category yeah. in Australia. No one runs Formula Five, Formula Ford anymore. No. That's a dead class oh, now. I used to love that. Oh, mate, that's where you learnt racecraft. Yeah. That's the other thing with yeah. these kids at, at Willowbank now and at the go-karts. They qualify. Mm. There's no reverse grid. So, that, so if you're the fastest on the weekend, you start yep. pole yep. and you don't pass the cart and you drive away from everyone yep. and you win four races in a row and you're a hero. <laughs> what? Race Hold on a minute. Yeah. Start in first, then go back to 30th and we'll see where you end up for the pre-final. Yeah. You know you what know, I mean? The biggest, biggest disappointment in my life, we had a Formula Ford drive lined up for me in neutral car show with Andre Burrell at oh, yeah. Bank. Yeah, yeah. And I think the day before the car ended up with an oil leak or something, we had no. to pull that and it never happened. I'm like, the dream come true. Mm. I mean, just to sit in a Formula Ford, yeah. Mate, that that watching Formula those Ford guys buzz around in one of those would be so much fun. Absolutely, and you go back to the days of like Mark Webber in a Formula Ford, yeah. Craig Lowndes. Um, we know. did their story on the Goldie that time. Remember? Yeah, remember that, that Andre, yeah. How how good was it watching Formula Ford? Well, Chaz won. Chaz Mostert yeah. won the championship that weekend. He did. Yeah, jumped mm. in the pool after the win. That's right. Maybe we can get Chaz on. Yeah, maybe he's a yeah. local lad. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's at Ruben. Ran him into him in the um, airport lounge. Oh, did you? He was yeah. He was shooting over to. Um, to WA or something, I think it was Melbourne bound. And just, yeah, I'm right. Sitting, and the thing is, is you sit in these. Like, if you ever want to meet a celebrity, go to the airport. <laughs> I, I travel a lot. Or jump on a tram in the, Melbourne. The amount, <laughs> the amount of time I run into celebrities at, at the lounge is incredible. But yeah, he, he was there with um, Nick Perkat. Oh, yeah. Um, and they've sat right next to you. So my daughter, you know, if you've ever been in the lounge, right, they're these... No, you know, I can't afford to go. <laughs> they're these... Um, <laughs> I'm out with the plebs. They're, they're basically, you know, just got obviously little seats everywhere and little tables and you've got like lounge-type recline, you know, the whole sort of mix of seating in, in a lot of these yeah. places. And where we were is the seats were sort of back-to-back, almost like side-by-side, side, and we were facing off 45 degrees in our group and then... So my daughter's sitting there and she's leaning back in the chair and then Chaz is in his and they're almost back to back like yeah. with both their arms almost touching sitting side by side in this yeah. lounge. Yeah. And he got up and um, – because he sat down, put all his gear there with Nick and then they've gone off to grab drinks and food. Yeah. And I said to my daughter, do you know who that is? She goes, what do you mean? No I idea. I said, the guy's sitting right there. She goes, no. And then he came back and because I said I said to Chaz, I just said, you know, g'day, mate, how are you? I said, I haven't seen you since um, you jumped in the pool after winning um, <laughs> Formula, yeah, for, Ford. Formula Ford. And he goes, bloody hell, oh, yeah, shit, that was a while ago. <laughs> and then we got to chatting and he was heading over to, to WA yep. for something. I think he got invited over by um, or one of the sponsors or something. There was an event going on over, over there in WA. Mm-hmm. Um, could have been football, could have been anything. But, yeah, yeah he was yeah. heading over there. And we, we had a great chat for about half an hour. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, and, yeah, and Nick was the same. Like just yep. so down to earth and, you know, yep. really lovely for a chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so It'd be good we- to talk to them and talk to them about the psychology side of of what they do, yeah. you know, being professional athletes in the motorsport. You know, there's obviously a lot of pressures and, yeah. and do they have the support people like the AFL do around their mental health? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And find out, you know, like if you're having a bad run and you've crashed two cars and in yeah. two weekends, like, you know, are you going in and saying sorry to the team or are you blaming the team for the setup? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, where does that? Where do those lines? It's some interesting you know, there, stories because you and I both know a few, you know, motorsport personalities. Mm. I mean, even Dave Russell. I mean, Dave yeah. Russell ran V8 supercars mostly as a, as a secondary driver in enduros. Yeah. Um, but what he, happens if you've been the car? He runs. Actually, there's a um, there's a picture on that wall over there. Dave Russell, oh. number twenty two, signed. I've got. He gave me. That. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. See that? That's the um, Porsche. So oh, he's, yeah. he's running that's a Porsche. That's a great class. Yeah, Porsche. I he's, would so run, he's running that. I'd race a Porsche over a V8 supercar yeah. any day of the week. 
That's a competitive big field too, right? Oh yeah. But Porsche, yeah. Porsche is you know another great. It's basically a control car, all right. Yeah, runs it the same. But yeah, he he runs that. I know he runs Roger Largo's Lambo at times, mm. like in, in the enduros and That'd stuff. That'd be cool. Um, he did some amazing stuff over in um in Europe. Like he um ran a Lambo around Spa. Oh wow! Um, that's when I had my camera company too. So he he took some and gave me some cameras, and he set them up on the car, and we grabbed all. Absolutely amazing to watch. Yeah, wow! Watch those Lambos run around that circuit. Yep. Absolutely incredible. The elevation yep. changes and yeah and stuff. So maybe yeah, I might try and hit Dave up for a chat yeah, because he's it, yeah he's not yeah he's not just a V eight supercar guy. He goes category to category and. Yeah. Um, has been around for a while. So if we can't get Chaz or whatever, we might, yeah. Oh, well, let's aim for Dave. Let's sit out. If anyone's, yeah, anyone's yeah, got If anyone knows guy. Dave, no, well, you know Dave. And, I know Dave, yeah. And I've got connections to Chaz, but, yeah. um, you know, not, not close connections, but I can make calls to get to Chaz yeah, if we do. If we, chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And j- just the mental health side of that, like, and like we said to Dipper, like what happens when you come to the end of your career? Mm. You know, like, and, and it's and it's instant in, in motorsport, like, you lose your seat and you find out on Facebook. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like how, do, how does that happen and, and how does that go to your own mental health and how do you then deal with that? And, you know, you look at people like Ash Walsh, he drove for Erebus for a while. He did, yeah. And then all of a sudden. And he had a multi-year contract and only, I think only drove for the one year, didn't he? That's right. And then it was out. You know, but then, you know, you, you, talk, you talk on the other side of the fence and he's going, oh, we need more car upgrades to keep up. Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you know, you've been supported a lot to get your seat in V8 supercar. Yeah. You end up at a team that, that isn't winning yeah. and then they're blaming the driver. It's like a coach in a team. Yeah. Do you and know that, what I mean? That was a very interesting story because at the start of that year, Erebus were very strong. Like, mm. Ash was strong. Yeah. Um, and was my, he driving with um, – who was he driving with? Was it Reynolds? Yeah, it was Davey yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. Um, and look at yep. the team now. They're a very strong team. But back mm. then – and I don't know if it's been a management change or, or how the structure of the team's changed. But, yeah, my, my take on that story um, from what I've heard was at the start of the year, right, the car was competitive and mm. everyone – and they were there. But as the year went on, all the other teams were developing and bringing upgrades and they just weren't. That's right. right. And then you could see that as race result after race result is falling backwards. It was not the car. It just – sorry, not the driver. It was mostly that all the other teams were still developing and and bringing package upgrades and enhancements and that team just wasn't. And if you're not doing that, and that's what you're seeing, go back to that basics of what we're talking about with Mm go-karting. If you're not doing those new tyres and and setup changes or – Yep. You know, replacing things and getting the, you know. Getting your motor rebuilt You obviously don't meetings. have as much package upgrades you can do in a go-kart. But yeah, no. all of those little things that the big teams do, if you're not doing, you're falling backwards. That's right. You just keep falling backwards. That's exactly. Yeah. And, and at that level, you can't outdrive that. You know, like you could be the best. Like Ash could have been as good as Lowndes but never had the opportunity. Right. Back to the high carts. Mm. Right. You're in cart number two mm. and it's two seconds a lap faster. Yeah, you can be right. in, in the old you know bucket of shit. And you, yeah. you're not catching that. Car. Yeah, Lance is in the bucket of shit all of a sudden, and he's he's like everyone else. Exactly, and then you walk away going, "Hey, I, I beat such and such." You go, "No, you didn't. You just had the better tools." That's yeah. exactly right. Um, and so, just quickly, so we've been talking for a while about an hour and twenty. Holy shit! Um, I know it flies, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. You're still listening. Flies. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, if you're still with us, it's gold star. Um, I just want to finish back on the BBL. So I know oh, yeah. the BBL has been played tonight. Brisbane Heat and knockout game. One of the things, and I've just I've just noticed, and it's no disrespect for Brown. Do you know Brown? No. Um, young guy makes bats here in Brisbane. Like fantastic okay. story. Um, really big in in you know, like local cricket. Like oh yeah, okay. Bit like Chris Lynn, all these records and you know big smashes. He he rocked up earlier this year at the, the Gabba, 
Um, mate, and he was just electric, like just bang, 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 every ball, 6-4, like absolutely incredible. Unfortunately, and I don't know if this goes back to that psychology and what you were talking about in the pressures, right? Lucky to make double figures every game since. Wow. Right? Wow, absolutely what's came out. Well, Chris Lynn was a bit the same. Like everyone kept raving about Chris Lynn and I go, well, you look at Chris mostly, right? Yeah, he can do some big hits and everything else, but – Consistency of putting in those big scores. A lot of the time, Chris will go out for two, mm. go out for, you know, same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and Brown is the same. Like, he's this big hitter, came out and everybody's got, oh my God, where's this guy come from? Everyone was talking to him and yep. doing interviews. India's about to sign him up. Everything else. And he's <laughs> yeah. been in the side ever since. He's played the rest of the, yeah. um, the, the BBL. But after that innings, just has not performed. I wonder if he's putting like out there said, as an opener. It's and he's the elephants in the room behind the scenes. You know, the Do you think the pressure's on because he, yeah, he, set, he set such an incredible um, – I think he paid for the for the heat a while ago. Yeah. I don't know if he's a season ago or something else like that and then came out. But anyway, the first game this yeah. season, out, I think one of the, the internationals park. had to go back for other duty. He's just gone whack, like absolutely spectacular. Yeah. I don't know if it was like 80 runs or 40 balls kind of thing. Like mm. It was just yep. absolutely incredible. Then the expectation, the overcoaching. Just let the kid go out there and whack balls, yeah. mate. Has but he has he changed what like because what's it's changed him maybe yeah because he was he was taking on the quicks and the like you know some of the best cricketers in Australia and just putting him into the second tier of the grandstand and has that, not done it since that could be his own mental mental um, outlook too like he's come in with nothing to lose in the first game I'm going to show him what I can really do but now he's got and then he's gone shit eighty or forty mm. excellent next game I got to do the same might have had a shit hit one gets five runs all yeah. of a sudden mental game in his own mind. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know where that that BBL game is at the moment. Mm. Um, where are the bullets? Are they playing this weekend? Oh, next weekend? What are Wednesdays or whenever they I play? We should, we should maybe. Um, so here they go. Look, I've got to just put the figures up. So currently, oh, look, yeah. everyone's going to listen to this obviously post the game and know the result anyway. Um, but yeah, so the Renegades made um, 162, which is not a great total. Yeah, not that high. Yeah. Um, so they're five for 162 off 20 overs. The Heat are currently one for 77 off nine overs. Okay. So they're in this. Mm. They're in this, and I don't know. Unfortunately, I'm. I don't. I'm just trying to actually have a look and see if I can see any figures at the moment. Um, just yeah, just trying yeah. to see if yeah. how Brown did. Like just trying to talk the guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, just wanted him to. He might be still having a whack, mate. To do no, I think he's out. Oh, he's he's the one. Yeah, once again. So yeah, <laughs> while Kawaja and Lavashane are in at the moment. Yeah. So I'm guessing that Brown opened. Yeah. Um, actually, no, Brown must have done all right because Kawaja's on 33 and Labashane's on one. So okay. that's 34 so runs and there's 70 34. So if that's Brown out there, good on him. Yeah. Good on him because he's, he's yeah, really, really had a um, a hard time of it, I think, you know. Mm. And and the, the side stayed with him, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I just wanted to end on. You know, like just yeah. one of those observations when you see a young guy yeah. come out and do exceptionally well, and then you just got to wonder, you know, the next innings wasn't great. Mm. And then you sort of go, oh, yeah, you know, 50 50, not bad. And then the next inning, not so great. Yeah. What's that start to do? Yeah, well, the team starts to talk. They go, we've got, you know, our test matches are finished. Our inter- like mm-hmm. players can now come back. We can bring back, you know, yep. the likes of these, um, you know, these guys like Labashane and Kawaja into the side. You know, dude, you, you're really potentially just going to get dropped, right? Mm. That's um, right. But it's good. But they've stuck with him. Yeah. They have stayed mm. with him. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I was just, just trying to look. I don't know if there's another side. I'm not, I'm just trying to screw through there. There's actually a running commentary on um on the on a website here at the moment. So yeah, Brown was you know, he was fourteen off twelve balls at the end of the six over. 
And then he was yeah, 17 off 15, so he was just steady. Mm. Um, and there, 24 off 19. I'm just going, that's at the end of yep. over seven. End of over eight. Brown was on 32 off 24. So he's okay, up to 32. He's on, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Bra- oh, there they go. Brown went out for 39 off 27 balls. Yeah, that's all right. That's a pretty good knock. Yeah. Yeah, good on that's you. That's good. Excellent, mate. Oh, cool. let's wrap it up there. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about everything tonight, haven't yeah. we? We started off with sport. We went, yeah, it's a real sporting episode. Yeah. Um, and if you're a sports fan out there, um, share share your insights with us. What do you think about our, you know, Formula One rant and safety car rant and tennis? Yeah. Um, we've probably touched on a few things. If you're a soccer fan, yeah. Um, or sorry, a football fan. Football, depends what you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you still get along to games? Let us know. Why don't you go to games? Yeah. Is it cost? Like, we've talked about the gap yeah, expense, you know? Like, yeah. yeah what yeah. is it that stops you from getting along to the games? Yeah. Um, love to hear your thoughts. Um, but once again, mate, thanks for joining me. It's always awesome for a chat. Good to catch up, mate. No, no special guests this week, but no. it was um, just you and me, which is always, always good yeah, to Yeah, it's um, good. It's a good event. Yeah, exactly. Do one of those little <laughs> sessions where we, we just... It's good for my mental just health. Just talk shit, yeah. <laughs> Excellent, man. Thanks for joining us and thanks for listening, everyone. We really do love you guys tuning in and um, our audience is growing and you know every one of you who take the time to sit here and, and listen through to the end, um, we really value your support. You and guys are legends. Jason, also, mate, before we just cut off, um, yeah. the Mo Men have got a function coming up on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, out, St. Patrick's Day. Yes, out at, um, out <laughs> at the Ipswich Turf Club. Um, they've got a guest speaker, and uh, it's obviously to raise money for men's mental health, which yep. I know we're, uh, we're right behind. And um, So, yeah, I'm actually sponsoring the day with my company. Yep. Um, so, Glenn Wright Painting is going to sponsor the day. So, yeah, if you are looking for tickets, please jump on to the Moment page. Springfield Moment. Springfield Moment. And uh, I think where's it's that, a, Where's that going to be? Ipswich Turf, Turf Club, 150 a ticket. Yep. Um, you get lunch. You get to watch races for the day. There's a drinks package yeah. and there's a couple of guest speakers. And they get to meet you. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the price just went down to 120 <laughs> But no, uh, jump behind the moment, guys. It's um, it's great to see them do what they do in our community. They do amazing things. Yeah, good on you. Thanks for that, mate. Cheers. All right, we'll um, catch you next episode. All right, buddy. Good on you. Talk soon. See you.